Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who always makes the right choices. <laughs> His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. Decidedly untrue, but I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> well, I hope you make the right choices today because... I hope so too. On today's show... Are we talking about a controversial topic that people have strong opinions about? We certainly are. No, really? We're going to be picking... A, All politics. A, no politics. <laughs> a, well, it's kind of political, right? I guess so. A US men's national team, 23-man roster uh-huh. for the upcoming games against Mexico and Uruguay. For those yep. who don't know, it's Mexico September 6th uh, in New Jersey, I think mm-hmm. so, the MetLife, and against Uruguay on September 10th um, in St. Louis. Meet me in St. Louis uh, <laughs> for that game. We're going to pick it reality-based, right? Yeah. Injured players don't mm-hmm. get called in, No, for example. Um, yes. And we're doing this in advance of when the actual roster gets released, just because we like to get a jump on it, yeah. you know, and have a little think about who we'd like to see in there, who we would not like to see in there. I don't know how you've done it, Taylor, but I've done it in a sort of, to fit Greg Berhalter's system, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm picking it, but Berhalter's going to coach the team and play the way that we know they've been playing in the Gold Cup. Uh, I've done it, like, more so just the players that I think would fit in there and could be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm kidding. Go. No, I've done it your exact way. All no, right. of course. Because it is more fun for me that way to think about it from a perspective of, this is what I know Greg Berhalter is likely to do. Yeah. And so then these are the people that I, I think personally would fit that system really well. Mm-hmm. So then if there is a lot of disparity or a few different points. Between you and Greg. Yeah, then it's sort of a, like, okay, well, I wonder what he's looking for, what, what he doesn't see in my player. I see. Put it that way. Yeah. Are you assuming that we're going to have the same system um, and the same sort of formation where, like, through the Gold Cup, the right back no longer came in mm-hmm. field? The right back overlapped and went really wide. So Reggie Cannon would, mm-hmm. was essentially, when we attacked, would go and be essentially an extra winger. And the right winger, who was, say, Tyler Boyd for mm-hmm. a good while, or Jordan Morris later on, would then tuck inside a little bit. Are we sort of expecting that same system? Because it is worth thinking that... Um, Belter could throw some curveballs at us he could. in terms of tactics. Um, there could I, be a new wrinkle for September. Well, I think there may be. Or I, I think yeah. that's the one thing that I kind of want there to be. I'll talk about that in a second. You do. I, I do think that we'll probably continue to see the overlapping fullback as opposed to the fullback becoming a central midfielder. Yeah. I think a big part of that, uh, maybe he was planning on it, maybe he wasn't, but I think without Tyler Adams, you look at the right backs who are probably going to be there or in consideration for that spot, they are less likely, I think, to go be a central yes. midfielder, much more likely, much more naturally inclined to be overlapping fullbacks. Because it was designed for Tyler. Tyler yeah. Adams, right? And for those who don't know, Tyler Adams, as of a couple of days ago, yeah. uh, uh, RB Leipzig say he's two to three weeks away. Yes. So I'm assuming he's not on either of our rosters. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Because it's reality No, uh, so the one wrinkle I wouldn't mind seeing, and I'm guessing maybe you've thought about the same thing, because it's a thing we talked about from the last time the national team was playing, was maybe having the ability to have the left back be the attacking fullback yeah. if we need to kind of vary the approach and then have the right back be more stay-at-home, become yep. almost a right center back. And so to give people a refresher, what happened in the Gold Cup final against Mexico, mm-hmm. we we had Tim Ream starts as the left back in the back four, but when we attack, the right back goes forward. I genuinely forgot it was the Gold Cup final that this happened. Right? Then <laughs> I could Ream, a friendly or not. Tim Ream just shuffles over a few yards and becomes a yeah. left centre back in a right. back three. And then it's just not his role. He's not suited to like being an overlapping attacking fullback. But what Mexico did is they switched Pizarro. I think it was Rodolfo Pizarro. He switched sides. Um, so that we pinned back the right back, but there wasn't a left back who could get forward. New. So that is a problem that we are possibly going to need to solve yes. against Mexico. Possibly. Um, other issues, uh, no one can get cap tied. Right. This is not, these are not FIFA sort of like, you know, official competitions. Mm-hmm. These are just friendlies. If we call up Sergino Dest or someone like that, he cannot get, ta- get cap tied in a September friendly. Can I yes but you for a moment? 
Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think the the counterpoint I have seen to that is, yes, but at least we can show them the intent, that we want them to be involved in the yeah, program. Yeah. To that I say, maybe, but I also think I, I like to believe that some of those calls are already happening and some of that planning is already yeah. in the works. So I, I still think it doesn't change a lot for me. Like, I think the one we're probably kind of dancing around is Sergino Dest. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is one who I, I think should be I called regardless. Name. It's less about the, like, like well, that I'm dancing around. Well, I mean, Dest should be called up because <laughs> yeah. he's playing right back exactly. for Ajax. Exactly. And most importantly, not just because he's playing. I, yeah. I never think that's enough. Oh, mm-hmm. he's playing in Europe, therefore call him up, right? Yeah. He's playing well. When you yeah. watch him, you're like, oh, there's a good soccer player. Exactly. And he's played well for the U20s. Yeah. It's kind of time. Yes. We'll, go, we'll get to Dest when we name our fullbacks, right? No. Um, so just so people that's know, it for me. No more October is when we play CONCACAF Nations League mm-hmm. against Cuba and Canada. Those are FIFA competitions. Those will cap tie players. Mm-hmm. If Dest or someone else plays in those games, that's when we can stop panicking. Okay. Stop hyperventilating. Yes. Um, the other issue I want to raise is, um, so actually I emailed US Soccer this morning to ask. It looks like uh, it looks likely there will be a U23 camp at the same time. Is this time. what happens when you have early morning breakfast with people and then several hours between uh, breakfast ending and time of recording? Some research, yeah. Is that what happens? I researched Dutch right back depth. <laughs> I saw I can that. name like seven Dutch right backs now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, I was told by US Soccer, no spe- nothing specific, but it's likely, uh, it seems, there will be a September U23 camp, okay. maybe even some games we don't know yet. And for those who don't know, the Olympic qualifying will be in March 2020, but we have these camps so that Jason Kreis, U23, yeah. Three coach uh, can you know get guys together mm-hmm. and 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 see and I think that impacts who is on this. It possibly impacts who's on this September roster. How right? so? Because someone like say Sergio Dest, they mm-hmm. could be like, oh, he could be a great U twenty three right back. Mm-hmm. Let's just call him up to those Olympic squads and get him familiar with that. I'm not sure anyone would like that, but that's a possibility of a thing that could maybe happen. It's a possibility. Miles Robinson, Paxton Pomacal, the same kind of thing. Maybe, but for me, it's it's more the uh, like this guy. If he's gonna make the national team squad, then go to the national team. Like that's how it's gonna be. But if maybe they're not interested in including him, then he'll be a U twenty three. But I think what I mean by that is that people who are on the margins for me, maybe those are the ones who end up with the. 23s yes. but the ones you've Who's mentioned on the margins? Is, is Miles I'm the, margins is Paxton Pomichel margins uh, not for me ah, right. <laughs> to tip my hand a little bit uh, but <laughs> we I, have the exact same roster well, uh, uh, let, me, let me rephrase because I think I didn't make that clear we're going to have a close roster is my guess yeah. I, I guess I mean more so that like if you didn't have that U23 camp maybe there's a player that Berhalter like wants to get a look at and he won't have any other opportunities yeah, yeah. but if there's that U23 camp then maybe that player can go to the U23s and you can see what happens there and evaluate sort of how they fit in with that group yes. for a few Future opportunities. The camp may even happen very close, like geographically, yeah. to the senior camp. Mm-hmm. So you could get someone flitting back and forth and you dipping could. in and out. You might right? could. You, you might could. You might do. All right, are you ready to get going? Yeah. I think I've sort of deliberately raised all issues beforehand so yep. we know where we stand. Okay. Um, let's start with our goalkeepers. All right. uh, three goalkeepers in the 23 man squad. Oh, also worth noting, maybe there's a chance that it's like a 26 man squad. There is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we have someone play one game and then someone else play another game, but mm-hmm. we'll go with 23. First. All right. Uh, how um, about if I go with the first goalkeeper and then you name the second and third choices? Okay. <laughs> Again, showing I'm, my hand I'm with, with my fine. level of uh, indecision there, but Zach Steffen for me is number yes. one. Starting uh, goalkeeper, played well for Fortuna Dusseldorf yep. over the weekend. He's, he's the man. He's the man. Yeah. There we are. Steffen's the man. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so it's going to be a Zach attack in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my backups I had are Sean Johnson yep. um, and Ethan Horvath. Okay. So Ethan Horvath in a tough spot right now. That, that's my question. Yeah. Because Mignolet is playing for Bruges. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's not been like 
ages and ages of him not starting. Mm. It's just been the first couple of weeks of the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If he's like six months in the cold and not playing, then I start to worry. Right now, I'm definitely okay with him being third choice uh, on the US men's national team. Why him over other players like MLS goalkeepers who are playing regularly for their teams? It's interesting that you didn't name a specific goalkeeper. Sure, I mean, I, I can. We'll see. Here is where Brad I struggle. Guzan, maybe? I, mean, I have Brad Guzan. I have Brad Guzan and Bill Hamid as my other two okay. opportunities. Sean Johnson, uh, you, you've got in there already, yeah. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, I think it's it's those two, and I had Horvath on my list as well. The, what I always struggle with is, and I asked David Goss about this. I'm wondering if he'll message us uh, during recording if he does. I'll let you know which goalkeepers he thinks have the best feet in the league because I do think that is a major. <laughs> I, like Dave, I like the idea of David Gas getting all the MLS goalkeepers to line up barefoot yeah and he just examines with a magnifying glass you don't know what he's into Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna guess specifically that let's hope so (laughs) um but but because that is the thing that i'm curious about it was strange to me knowing what berhalter has done he's the tarantino of uh, extra time (laughs) good god I don't think he's going to love this this bus that we have thrown him under this foot shaped bus. Um, but but I think the, so. That's what I struggle with is the distribution. And what I've I found interesting, uh, knowing the way Berhalter wants to play, is a lot of my Y Scout research was watching people who you usually wouldn't worry about in terms of their passing ability, watching their passing ability. That was a yeah. big thing I was paying attention to. So what so, did you see in terms of goalkeepers who were good with distribution in MLS? I mean, like again, like that, that's the to be totally honest, I I can't really say with any level of confidence because it's not a thing i think about with bill hamid as being mm-hmm. a, a positive for no and, and so really like i want it to be bill hamid because dc and i like bill hamid but i think i've i have appreciated all that i have seen from brad guzan in the times that i've seen him for atlanta yeah and i think he remains a very good shot stopper i i liked what i saw from him in the locker room like like at all-star at mls cup and so to me i think he maybe is a shout okay. for the third choice that said i'm it's always weird for him to be the third choice after being the first choice though right that it's is almost strange. like we've moved on so why would we have him as the third choice mm-hmm. It depends how he feels about it as well. There could be a phone call yep. where you're like, hey, Brad, Bradford, Bradley, how do you feel? Uh, Bradington. Bradington. Uh-huh. How do you feel about being the third choice guy and, you know, you help bring Zach Stefan along and all that? He might be like, yeah, I'm totally into that. That's mm-hmm. like a service to my country. Or he might be like, uh, I'm getting on a bit. I could do with, like, you know, resting up. Now that you mention it, there's a chance that phone call may have already happened. Yeah. And it was the, like, no, if I'm not really going to be your number one, then I'm okay with sticking Which with Atlanta. Which is totally fair. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. So Not least because uh, MLS doesn't always break for international break. Yeah. Right? So it would be, he'd have to leave Atlanta United mm-hmm. to go and be third choice and miss games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so with that in mind, okay, I'm okay with Ethan Horvath, but maybe I'm going to make it... A, a, a personal quest that I'm going to say right now and immediately forget about to figure out which goalkeepers I think have the best distribution so that I can then advocate uh, more strongly. But for right now, since I can't, I'll say Ethan Horvath. We'll get a good look tonight, right? We're going to go and see DC mm-hmm. United against New York Red Bulls. Yeah. So we'll get a good look at Bill Hamid. We will. Yeah. We will. Man, oh shoot, who did I just meet the other day who was telling me? Sorry, this is a, a, a little off topic, but uh, I forget who it was, but there's was somebody I've, telling I've me. I've heard the show before. Uh, yeah. There's somebody who's telling me, shoot, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was because I feel like they might be listening. But they were talking about how like they grew up playing soccer in New Mexico. Mexico and their team was super duper good and they just thought like oh man our team is awesome and then Luis Robles was on that team so like he played with Luis <laughs> Robles and was like oh that's why we're really good <laughs> so you reminded me that we're going to see the Red Bulls play reminds me that he is their goalkeeper <laughs> was that team like oh we never seem to have the ball and yet we never seem to concede <laughs> he may, I'm guessing he was so good that he was probably that goalkeeper who also plays central midfield uh-huh. we had one of those on our team <laughs> uh, okay you ready so yeah. we've decided on Stefan mm-hmm. Johnson and Horvath, yeah. Hamid, or Gazan, we're kind of okay, whoever it is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. I always, I always, that is the position I least care about from the drama so standpoint of like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> like, it, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. <laughs> okay, let's go with fullbacks. 
next. Okay. Fullback. So... Sergino Dest. Sergino <laughs> Just going to yell that at the microphone. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're both on board. I, I've mm-hmm. got the same. He's the first name I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm, I'm scared about him like joining the Netherlands or anything like that. Just because I've seen him play for Ajax. I like what I see. Um, specifically, DeAndre Yedlin's injured mm-hmm. right now. He's still coming back from that groin surgery. He, that's why he hasn't been playing for Newcastle. Um, Tyler Adams, who could have been a right back, is still two to three weeks away like we talked about. It is the perfect time. So Gino Des might be the best possible right back we can call up right now. It's strange to say, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. All right. Uh, yeah, and I also want to include Sergino Dest because I don't want Twitter to <laughs> explode, I think yeah. is what would happen. Uh, because he is the one that I think people are most excited to see and most want to see. Mm-hmm. I did toy- He fits the system in yeah. terms of an overlapping right back who will get forward and be like an auxiliary winger. Mm-hmm. Sergino Dest has played on the wing multiple times yes. for Ajax. I would be all right and with that. The, yeah. I did toy around with the idea of creating a like angry 11 of the like or the roster that would make U.S. fans the most frustrated, yeah, and yeah. the right back was not Sergino Dest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sergino Dest, we would yeah. say, is like our first choice right back, the mm-hmm. guy we want to see. Who's your backup right back? Because this is a tougher one. It's really tough because if we go with the what do I think Greg Berhalter does, I think there's a chance we see like both Nick Lima and Reggie Cannon. That's interesting. But given that Nick Lima has been there from the very beginning, from that January camp, and played a variety of roles for Greg Berhalter – I do think that if he's choosing between those two, it's probably Nick Lima uh, right now. But I kind of wouldn't mind either one. So what happened in the Gold Cup is mm-hmm. Nick Lima started the tournament. Yeah. Reggie Cannon finished right. the tournament. For me, they both look good. Yeah. Like, I was surprised that Lima was dropped because he was mm-hmm. playing well. Um, maybe not against strong opposition. Yeah. Um, and then Cannon was really impressive when he came in. So I find it really hard to choose between them. I went with Cannon just, and mostly just because... That's who Bearhalter had settled on towards the end of the tournament, and he really didn't put a foot wrong. Yes, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think it's strange for me because Lima has been there, but you're absolutely right that like like Reggie Cannon finishing the Gold Cup as mm-hmm. as the starting right back. I also just kind of think I'm more excited to see Reggie Cannon than I am Nick Lima. I don't know Which if is that harsh, just, right? I think I think it, it's wrong. definitely harsh, and I think it's just because I get excited about like young attacking fullbacks who yeah. seem like they can handle it, and that's Reggie Cannon. Not to say that's not Nick Lima, but I think Reggie Cannon just gets it, the edge for me there. It's weird that Lima's been playing left back mm-hmm. for San Jose, so does that maybe yeah. count against him a, a little bit? Mm-hmm. I've got I've literally got on my piece of paper Cannon slash Lima. Should we just leave it at that? I have the exact, exact same thing. No, I have Lima slash Cannon, but yes, other than that, there's no need for us to go in circles about this. No, right? we're just happy so. with either one of those guys. We want Sergio Destas. I mean, it is our nature to go in circles for like another five minutes but uh, I feel like we should probably just talk left backs instead. okay left backs mm-hmm. I've got this is weird this is a problem spot right yeah I've got Tim Ream yep because I thought he was actually very good in the mm-hmm. Gold Cup and I've got Miles Robinson okay. or maybe uh, Aaron Long alright but even if either like there's four centre backs we're going to pick Robinson and Longer, you can choose one of them to be left back one of them to be centre back you okay. get what I'm saying I like, do. so my backup left back is going to be Miles Robinson or Aaron Long, which is a total departure from me in terms of I, I always want my left back to be left footed. Mm-hmm. Robinson and Long are right footed. But the other options at left back in terms of who can play left centre back and be a defensive, you know, head things away and be a centre back. And then who can, if we need to, then get forward and yeah. have some pace going forward and carry the ball forward. Only Long and Robinson kind of fit that mould to me. And so I'm willing to compromise on my footedness okay. to, to go with Robinson or Lund. The only reason why I don't have one of those two there is because I tend to make my rosters by looking at, like, okay, three goalkeepers, remove that if it's a 23-man roster. Now we've yep. got 20 positions left, so I kind of want cover two of in each, a variety. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I have both so of them. So Daniel Lovitz. To, to give this away, I have both of them involved in my center back selections. Okay. Uh, so I could see 
like what you're suggesting because it also then allows you to have like center back cover but also full back cover mm-hmm. so then you can have uh, numbers elsewhere the other opportunities I thought like or op- options I had Daniel Lovitz has been there before so he's on that list Anthony Robinson only if you are going to do the let's see if the left back can be an overlapping fullback that said we didn't really list any right backs who could become a right center back so I still think that's less likely than I would like yeah. it to be yeah we well, just be realistic about what their health is yeah, right? yeah. Which, which means it's probably less likely that we see Anthony Robinson the one that I had not thought about, you put it out to Twitter for like people that you want to see included in this roster. Oh, yeah, I just said make an argument for anyone you're interested in. And I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, but I genuinely wouldn't mind if Demarcus Beasley got one final call Ooh. up at left back. I wouldn't mind seeing like Tim Riemann and, Mexico, and like be Demarcus great. Beasley comes in, maybe plays the final fifteen, this does is a little bit more final attacking. Season, right? Yeah. He's announced he's retiring yeah. into the season. Mm-hmm. A game against Mexico. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Give, give him some minutes. Get him one more ovation at the end, even if it's a loss, which I don't think. I hope it won't be. But even <laughs> if it is, I like the idea of getting. Uh, Beasley in there and also maybe just kind of a lot of new faces in there bringing a veteran who's been there a lot who they can yeah. uh, they can talk to so chat spe- with speaking of brain. Anthony Robinson mm-hmm. why did neither of us feel comfortable putting him on the roster I have my reasons. I'm interested in yours. I mean, his track record thus far with the national team has been, for me at least, it's like, what, once bitten, twice burned, or whatever the saying yeah. is, that basically I he think... He's burned more times than that by Douglas Costa. I, I think he's <laughs> one, true. He's one that I think it, my desire for him to be a success with the national team outweigh or like sometimes blinds me to what he's actually doing. And I think if you watch a lot of the footage of him in, in his 1v1 defending, I think it's very much as we would expect based on his speed and not necessarily like as much his defensive positioning. And yeah, I think yeah. with a Burhalter system... It's more about getting forward, right? Exactly. That's, that's Anthony Robinson's deal. Yes. He's but like I think, a winger in some ways. Yeah, I mean, which is fine if that's what they're going to use him for. But I think if you're looking for a left back to also have the positional discipline that I think Burhalter needs, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's Robinson and as much. potentially play left centre-back. There's no way, right? No. Yeah. And, then, and then... We did it for two minutes and he subbed him out pretty yeah. fast yeah. yeah so that's not great yeah. uh, and then the final thing like it's maybe silly but it does factor into it for me is the fact that he's played four games for Wigan who yeah. are uh, one place outside of the relegation zone of the championship okay. I don't. I think they've it's, got one draw three losses this season it's good that he's playing in the championship yeah. and that's where Tim Ream's playing for mm-hmm. Fulham right now right? Yep. so they're playing sort of at the, the same level but I'd be much more comfortable just after his recent men's national team performances yeah. with Anthony Robinson on the U23s one win three losses excuse me I had it in front of me I All forgot right. to check um, so yeah, so Robinson on the U23s, I think. Okay. Is, sorry, yeah. not, Anthony Robinson. Anthony, Anthony Robinson. Robinson, yeah, not Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson's a whole different yeah. case. And then DeMarcus right? Beasley is my, ba- is my backup. I'm I just like going to go it. with that. I'm cool with that. Whatever. And I've also, just to, to note on, on my roster, Sergino Des could play left back, yep. theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, and or Fabian Johnson, I'm going to include as one of my wingers later on, is a potential left back. I- We'll talk Fabian yeah. Johnson when we talk Fabian Johnson. If Nick Lima is the backup mm-hmm. right back, he's also a potential left See? back. So there's a, there's a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. happening with this roster. Yes. Before we talk centre backs, should we talk advertisers? I believe we probably should. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. Fresh roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello Fresh food. <laughs> HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You get easy, seasonable recipes and pre measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. They pick the roster for you. We're hoping Greg Berhalter's roster is a fresh roster. We <laughs> hope that they pick. The, he picks the best roster for us. We hope it's not like expired players and people expired who people players. who are out of date, people who are injured, people who are a little banged up, a little a little bruised. We don't yeah. we don't want that. And HelloFresh doesn't want that either. Instead, they're delivering you uh, fresh quality ingredients, uh, and you can basically. 
cook new things that you wouldn't otherwise cook. We've talked about that before, but yeah, especially yeah. because you're getting seasonal stuff, you can kind of cook for the season as it is. So maybe if you haven't been able to enjoy summer, say, for example, your wife has been uh, bar studying for the entire summer, like 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. and you were locked in the room with an Englishman, like watching a bunch of soccer, <laughs> but you want to you know, rediscover your passion for cooking, then they've got seasonal things that you can cook together and enjoy together. So say goodbye to endless grocery store trips yeah. and take out food. HelloFresh has you covered. Yes. You can break out of your rut with HelloFresh's 20 plus seasonal chef curated recipes each week. And the thing that I also appreciate about it is that they've basically got uh, family recipes, calorie smart, vegetarian options. Vegetarian But then you, the can, you can get a vegetarian for the win. Uh, I'm about to conflict that but, or like, disagree with that by saying they've also got like more specialized menu options, uh, menu series. So you could do a Hall of Fame. You could do Kraft Burgers. I like Kraft Burgers. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind the Kraft Burger uh, like dinner. I'm guessing you probably wouldn't dig it. I'd, I'd be happy that you enjoyed okay. it. Okay. <laughs> you can also add extra meals to your weekly order, um, as well as some yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie mm-hmm. dough. Mm, garlic bread? I want some cookie dough. Can we do that right now? Can we get that delivered right now? <laughs> Maybe with today's second sponsor. Okay, that works for me. But you can order it via HelloFresh. So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TSS80 and enter the code TSS80. Uh, once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash TSS80, and the code is TSS80 for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Lovely. Mm. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's Total Soccer I can show. Sure. All right. Speaking of fresh, let's, yeah. let's get to our centre backs. Okay. Um, okay. So let me let me just say that like, I've had Tim Ream as my left back, and then it's probably a centre back who's going to play my backup left back, mm-hmm. if not Sergino Dest. So I've essentially got five centre backs. Okay. Um, I'm giving to you. It's um, the the Gold Cup trio of Aaron Lang, Walker Zimmerman, Matt Miazga. They okay. all did great at the Gold Cup. I think it's time now that the tournament Gold Cup is over, and we're looking ahead to the future out with the old. Mm-hmm. So there's no need for Omar Gonzalez. Uh, yes. Right? So I'm moving on from Omar Gonzalez. I initially had him starting in both spots, but I'll agree with you this time. John Brooks is back. Yes. John Anthony Brooks is back. He's playing for Wolfsburg. Mm-hmm. He is not injured. Personally, I would call him up, have him play one game, <laughs> and then let him go back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. just to bubble wrap him and not, yeah. not let John Brooks get hurt. This is where my hopeful selection of Demarcus Beasley kind of bites me, because I think probably what you've listed is more likely to have... Aaron Long or maybe uh, Miles Robinson be that left back cover. He's my fifth. Miles Robinson is my fifth centre back. But I, I want to talk about Miles Robinson. But I think also the the point you've made there about John Brooks is pretty astute. That given the injury history, it does make sense that you play him one game, sit him the other, or even send him back. Yeah. Which then means you could or replace him. Back, so but he if, can have a rest before yeah. he gets back to business with Wolves. Yeah. So maybe you replace him, and that's where, like for me, Walker Zimmerman is the centre back that I had missing out comes in. But I think it's also equally likely that you have those five centre backs. Yeah. You pull John Brooks out after one game. You still have four center backs remaining. Maybe Miles Robinson is the guy that goes, plays for the U23 camp or trains with the U23s and when John Brooks leaves mm-hmm. then you promote Miles Robinson up. Alright, yeah? genuine question about Miles Robinson for a yes. moment though. Because I don't disagree with that but I also wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing him as a center back for the national team this time round. Is that us succumbing to pressure? <laughs> because he seemed to be the player that was like, if we had, I'm not saying we did, but if we had 80 responses to the question about who do you want to see, I think, I think at least 60, 60 of them were Miles Robinson related, so, it felt like. There was a lot of people suggested Miles Robinson and Darlington Nagby. Yeah. And I think it is kind of testament a to... A lot of Atlanta avatars in those suggestions exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. I think it's testament to sort of how many Atlanta fans are on social media. Nothing wrong with that, but I think we shouldn't be, we shouldn't assume that this was a neutral pick. 
I would pick Miles Robinson based on watching Miles Robinson play. Yeah. Right? I think he's ready for the national team. I think if we're looking to the future, this is a guy who is absolutely performing in MLS in the same way that Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman are. Like, he deserves the same treatment, right? right? And I think he's ready. I think he brings just a lot of positives to the table. Here's what I like about Miles Robinson. Really hard to beat one-on-one. Someone's running at him, he's going to stick you, mm-hmm. right? He's going to stick you. He's got good catch-up speed, but he's also just got good positioning to begin with. And then what I really like is how he carries the ball forward. Yep. Like Mars Robinson can play himself out of pressure, um, like maybe go past someone, then play a short pass. And I think he would help us um, progress the ball in that way. Tim Ream does a similar thing, right? He doesn't go past people, but he picks like nice quick passes. It's like Tim Ream with a bit of extra acceleration a bit more bravery in terms of going past people yeah so Miles, those are the pluses for miles robinson i i, I enjoyed that uh in the footage that i saw the games i've seen he has been the center center back in that yeah. back three for atlanta and to me like that is a big deal to have a, a young player playing around very veteran players mls cup winners yeah, yeah. and he is the one that is kind of tasked with staying home and being responsible while the other ones go charging around yeah like so i think he has the discipline that you want it's but then he can cover right it's yeah. in the center he can mm-hmm. cover left he can cover right. It's a really. It's almost like having a sweeper. But it, it is. Except he doesn't sit deep. It's because yeah. because of that step out that you mentioned and the ability to step out, intercept a ball, and then carry on and make a smart ten or yeah. fifteen yard Maybe vertical pass. Drop a shoulder and go. Yeah. Someone. Like like I I like that he has the presence of mind and discipline to be that center center back and stay home and like, keep things tight and locked down, but also the ability and awareness to then step out on occasion and make that play. I think that variety to his game is what I found really enjoyable. I did not, I said this a long time ago when we last talked about him, and I stand by it. I don't love his long range distribution. I think his like 15 to 20 yard vertical passing is pretty good, but I saw a lot of him aiming for the channels from that center center back spot and it was this kind of long diagonal ball that I think he gets way too much loft on and it ends up getting cut out or put out for a throw in because more loft makes it slower it yeah. takes longer to get to his destination. Yes. And yeah. so it would be like the le- like the left wing back would sort of go creeping up that left touch line and the right back would be maybe 20 yards away and the wouldn't notice right yeah, wouldn't notice that the uh, Atlanta left wing back had cheated up. That long ball would come in, but then the right back, the opposition right back could step through and win it or put it out of bounds because it hung in the air so long. Mm. So that part of his distribution I didn't so love. Frank Devon needs to teach Robinson to ping. Yes, exactly. We need some <laughs> pinged balls, but the the ones played Vertically, the ability to like stride through, maybe get away from a little bit of pressure and then play a smart pass. Yeah. I enjoyed that aspect of his game uh, tremendously. And then my slight gamble, which I admit is a gamble, is that if he plays left back, if it doesn't mean that we need to switch sides and the left back needs to get forward, mm-hmm. right? I've kind of gambling that I've never seen him do it because he's never played this position, that he could go dribbling up the left wing if needed. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be like a massive overlap and he's crossing loads of balls in, but I could see him beating someone up the sideline and playing a short pass to Pulisic or Ariola or someone like All right. that. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the one position you're willing to gamble on is centre-back. That's the one where, Daryl, I think you want to unleash <laughs> the centre-backs and give them some freedom. Well, it's more of a left-back gamble. Like, we've okay. got an unorthodox mm-hmm. left-back situation, so it, maybe it needs an unorthodox solution. Yeah. Right? My decision would be Aaron Long, who I think could do a yep. similar sort of job. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right. Um, I, I did want to add, uh, we had a suggestion about Eric Palmer-Brown. Uh, I looked him up, uh, moved to Austria-Vienne uh, yeah. on August Wien, 5th. As, uh, as Matt Herman pronounces Is it, it. Wien? I mean, that's what Matt Herman says. I trust him. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, moved to Austria, Wien, on August 5th. No appearances yet. I think he's only like just kind of gotten into the rhythms of training, so I wouldn't mind letting him stay, yep. get into like the team a bit more. But also... U23s? W- yeah, true. I also kind of want to move away from... Like, oh, he's moved to Austria. We should give him a cap. We should call him up. It's sort of like, yeah. well, they're also not doing that great. 
Maybe let's <laughs> let him gel and see how he does before we reward that move. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, we didn't mention. We did he not. just got a loan move to Stoke. I looked him up. He's only played one uh, League Cup, EFL Cup game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's like fully uh, match fit, match ready. Mm-mm. And also, honestly, Brooks, Miazga, Long, Zimmerman, I think are better centre-backs at this point. I, I think it, at the very least they're better center backs in what Greg Berhalter wants. Yeah, in terms of like, passing out yeah, the back. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think Cameron Carter-Vickers is one who, if you're trying to like out-muscle, out-work a physical forward, maybe yeah. that's where CCV comes in. He seems adept at sort of those aerial challenges, stepping to win aerial challenges mm-hmm. and long balls over the top. But yeah, his distribution, again, from what I saw and have seen, remains not my favorite aspect of his game. Fair enough. Uh, final thing on centre-backs I want to say is, I'm guessing someone might suggest, hey, John Brooks is left-footed, mm-hmm. how he becomes the left-back slash left centre-back and then my, nah. my my argument would be nah yeah. yeah exactly because one his main strength is to be in the middle yep. and just win everything that comes his way like stepping and, and heading things away and distribution from the middle he's really great at the, the mm-hmm. progressing the ball forward nice forward breaking lines passes um, but also if he gets isolated against like an attacker if he's isolated against yep. an attacker I trust him a lot less to not get beat yep Right. Yeah. So I worry that he will get beat, like roasted out at left back. Yes. Yeah. I, which is weird to say because we don't have that same fear about Tim Ream. But yeah. <laughs> but yes, I take your point. Mm. All the same. All right. So there we go. So we have what eight defenders? Yep. Uh, three goalkeepers. Let's move to midfielders. All right. Um, okay. Let's start with the most um, controversial, maybe position. The number six, Michael the Bradley. sort of deepest line midfielder. Michael, Michael Bradley's Bradley. on our rosters, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. Here's the weird thing. I've got Michael Bradley. I don't have Will Trapp. So I have him on the short list solely because Will Trapp has been on that short list. Yeah. He's been the alternate like center back or central midfielder. He's captain of the team under Greg Berhalter. So it seems likely to me that it will be Will Trapp. That said... I kind of want to see other people do that job. I think it's... So I understand... The, and there's a big argument about this, but mm-hmm. I understand the inc- initial inclusion of Will Trapp and Jassi Zardes yep. on pretty much all of Greg Berhalter's rosters when available because they're guys who have worked with Berhalter before, understand his system. So you've got two pieces of the team that already understand the system mm-hmm. and can help everybody else get used to it. But I think ultimately, now that it's like the Gold Cup's over and we're starting the next phase, I think it's time to maybe move on and look elsewhere. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I looked to Huddersfield because I was excited about Danny Williams. Danny Williams, no longer employed by Huddersfield. No longer employed at all. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I did not know that. Released by Huddersfield at the end of the season, I assumed had been like picked back up by them or picked up by someone else. Yeah. Has not. And here's the weird thing. Danny Williams, yes, is a number six. Mm-hmm. Is a defensive midfielder but not in the way that Greg Berhalter wants. Right? Nope. Greg Berhalter wants a guy who, this position, this Michael Bradley slash Will Trap position is, you're the tempo setter, you're the diagonal ball hitter, you're the distributor. That's not Danny Williams' game, right? No. Danny Williams' game is shutting things down. Yep. So I think in a weird way, he's not a good backup anyway. All right. Yeah. So then who do you think is a good backup? So what the way I've got this structured is, because there really is no other player who's that type of player that the US has that, that's Bradley or Trap, and I think maybe Trap is not quite up to standard. Aside, before anybody responds, aside from Tyler Adams, who once again is injured. So maybe he's, he's also a different type yep. of player, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not an option this time around. So I would have... Bradley and McKenney alongside each other, like okay. we did in the Gold Cup. And Bradley's like stays home and McKenney starts alongside him, but they can then go forward. Uh-huh. If Bradley gets injured or isn't selected, Weston McKenney is the guy I would try in that number six spot. Hmm. So he's like, McKenney for me is Bradley's partner, but he's also, if things come to it, he's Bradley's backup and someone else plays alongside McKenney. So, so far, it seems like you're more inclined to have 
a greater variety of people on the roster to play a variety of positions. Like yes. you're okay with the center back playing left back yeah. or a right back ag- playing left back. It goes back. against the way I like to yeah. normally do things, but this is how I got the sort of it, – it's so there's any configuration I'm really, really happy with. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, so, and then did you consider Darlington Nagby for the number six or do you no. have him in other spots? I, so I've got Darlington Nagby on my roster. Mm-hmm. I would have him as sort of McKenney's backup. Okay. I think his best possible role with the national team is as the – more attacking of the of the midfielders, right? So Pulisic's yes. role is like a little different because mm-hmm. he's way more he's way farther forward. McKenney's role has been it's a four three three sort of right, but McKenney's role is to sometimes sit alongside Bradley. We defend in four four two, so it's those two, uh, but to then uh, go forward and be an attacking midfielder when we're in the attacking phase. If Tyler Adams were fully fit, where would you you? I'm asking you, like most like to see him play in this Greg Berhalter system? Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him at right back and in the inverted midfield role okay. I still want to see if that works if not that then probably in the McKenney role alongside Bradley so I think I asked, and then, but then McKenney in the Bradley role maybe I ask that because this is the other aspect so McKenney is a six Adams is the eight just to yeah, clear. yeah. And I, I get that and I, and I think that is an important thing to remember is that that is also what friendlies are supposed to be is the time to sort of not necessarily like change everything up, but look at opportunities or vulnerabilities and see what else can be brought in to fill them. And I don't mean Alejandro Bedoya as the holding midfielder. <laughs> we don't want to do that again. But I t- do take your point that we've talked often about like how do you get Pulisic, McKinney, Adams into a midfield together, and like then you have other options for like well, if you want Pulisic to play wide or what have you. But I, I like the idea of maybe replacing Bradley with Weston McKinney, a player who we've already seen for this team, but just maybe moving him back. He maybe yeah. has the passing range of Bradley. Yeah. yeah, and just see what he can do in that role as that sort of number six experiment yeah. for a game. I would not mind seeing that, and I think you've sold me on that, Ooh, surprisingly. Right. I didn't expect that. I wasn't even trying. But, but I think it's, it's also... Sounds bad, but I think it's also because I can't shake the fact, the idea in my head that it will be Will Trap. So I keep looking at it as like Will Trap or Weston McKinney, and I think I'm more okay with yeah. seeing what Weston, Weston McKinney could do there. But again, it also then the approach you're taking it allows you to bring like another midfielder. I think because you've got like Weston McKinney starting, but also potentially covering in another spot. Yep. Okay. So here's my full list then. Okay. Um, sorry, we'll get onto yours because I know I've been eating up a lot of time here. No, so, no please. Michael Bradley, mm-hmm. Weston McKinney. Christian Pulisic, yep. obviously, and that might be my. You start- have him as your number ten. That would kind of be my starting three. Yep. Yeah, um, and then you know, when we attack, it's like Pulisic and McKenney are the two attackers, right? Yep. Two attacking midfielders. So that's three. Paxton Pomacal, call him up. I say he can play the McKenney role. He could maybe play the Pulisic role. That, that's right. He I can also him. play on the wing if you need him to. Paxton Pomacal is dangerous. Everywhere. And he could also then he could play the number ten role. Yep. Pulisic could then play the wide role if you wanted to try if that. You as wanted. Well. Yep. Darlington Nagby. Mm-hmm. It's now or never, right? I've watched some recent games. He's in form. Yep. I love the way he carries the ball forward. I like his. I think he's really like um, reliable in possession, which suits Greg Berhalter. But also, he doesn't hit dangerous passes, but I think he's dangerous on the dribble. Right. Mm-hmm. So passing that keeps possession. But then when he does that Nagby glide with the ball, yep. he's like suddenly like you don't think he's like I forgot about the Nagby glide. He's not really going that fast, but he's suddenly gone past three people because he's so sort of graceful with the ball. Right. It, Nagby, I think has could have a role to play in this team, not as the number six. That's insane as the number eight well, or maybe the number two. I think the reason why, like, I, and it was suggested on Twitter, which I think maybe is what put it in my head, him being the number six, but it's also the case that historically, for the national team at least, the criticism about Nagby has been his failure to sort of... Defend. Contri- 
Well, well, I've heard him refer to as a turnstile. Well, see, I think of him. That's <laughs> definitely true. Good point. But I think of it more of like the failure to produce in the final third. That yeah. it's always like, oh, he doesn't take shots. He doesn't really create chances. And so I also don't like the idea of him becoming that like eight who becomes a ten or something like that because yeah. I worry about his chance creation. But I don't know if that's an outdated way of thinking about Darlington Nagby. Uh-huh. And so with that I think in mind, him is more a connector and a provider for yeah. other people. Okay. Yeah. So and so maybe if we're not doing the right back becomes a central midfielder, center mid becomes the other number 10 and it is just kind of more of a number yeah, 8 then, then maybe that works better pushed high all the time yeah. right which isolates them up there yeah yeah. so I'm okay with Nagby the the one that I looked at with like for a decent amount of time was Alfred Morales which is a player yeah. that we get uh, like every now and then people get very vehement that Alfred mm-hmm. Morales should be playing for the US I watched him for Dusseldorf when I was watching Stefan yeah I wasn't Massively impressed. I wasn't unimpressed. He looked like he was basically holding his own in the Bundesliga. He was. He's tough as well. He's a really tough defensive player. Uh, So here's what I saw. I I saw the reasons why he would fit really well in some of the positions. I think specifically the Weston McKinney role. And I also saw why he probably doesn't get looks. Because Mm -hmm. he is, he's 29 years old. You would think he's a bit more mobile than Michael Bradley. But there were a lot of moments when I saw that sort of like, he steps to the ball and just gets cut past. And then, like, there's literally one where he gets beat on the touchline, and you can see him, like, throw his head back as he starts to sprint in that sort of, like, oops, I made a mistake. And just seeing that, like, f- like playing for Dusseldorf on the touchline, but also in the center midfield, it was just a bit too familiar of that, like, oh, he's getting run past. And I think Michael Bradley, we like so much about his distribution and what he brings with, like, the kind of veteran yeah. leadership aspect of things. That's the trade-off, right? We exactly. like his distribution so much, we will accept some of the defensive Exactly. Yeah. And seeing Alfredo Morales have those moments where he kind of goes charging out, charging out 10 yards three seconds too late those moments make me slightly concerned for his discipline coming into a system like this that said he is very much like the patrolling disruptor who will battle for every single ball chase things down press knock people off the ball (laughs) not afraid to commit those professional fouls when you want to slow things down a little bit this is a weird thing with the Bellhouser system right Mm -hmm. there isn't a role for a pure destroyer no there's not. It's odd. Yeah. And so I think historically he would have been that other midfielder, the Jermaine Jones role. I think he fits that really, really well. But I worry about his defensive positioning combined with I didn't see that next level passing that I think we want for somebody who maybe would sit deeper like a Bradley. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where he fits in with what Burhalter wants to do. I think Fair probably enough. it's in that McKenney role, but that's me like kind of making that fit a little bit. So I, in the end, I didn't include him for that reason. I'll give you my final name. Yeah. Dwayne Octavius Holmes. Disagree. Okay. (laughs) Let me make the case. Sure. He just... So he was injured, right? Mm -hmm. We saw glimpses of him in the build-up to the Gold Cup, right? Yeah. Then he got injured. Took him a while to come back from that. I think two days ago, he played 45 minutes for Derby's under-23s, which suggests, like, okay, he's getting back to match fit. Mm -hmm. The game is September 6th. It's August 21st as we record this. I think there's enough time for him to play a game for Derby... And then we just, I'd almost honestly, just get him in the roster, have him train with the team. And if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. But I was so hyped about what I saw from Dwayne Holmes in those 30-minute cameos in the, what, Jamaica and Venezuela games. Mm-hmm. I just want him involved. Like, okay. even if he isn't quite fit enough to take the field, I want him on this roster. I want Dwayne Holmes to be involved with the national team. I really want Dwayne Holmes to be involved in the national team. I can't shake that that aspect, that he has not played this season except for with the U23s mm-hmm. uh, and is returning from injury, not at full fitness. So you're calling him in basically because we liked some cameos that we saw. We don't know if Greg Barhalter liked those moments. Yeah. I would assume he did. Yeah, yeah but, he wanted to keep him around. But for me, I think it's... it's If I'm going to advocate, like, no, you've got to be playing a little bit. You can't just have made a move. You've got to 
be fit, <laughs> it's harder for me to think that that one makes sense. What if he plays... Even if he is named a uh, middle name, Octavius. <laughs> what if he plays 30 minutes for Derby this weekend? You, would you be more convinced or do you need like three 90-minute spells? I think I, need, I think I need him starting. You I think I need to him start to start a game for Derby. To prove his fit? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yes, I think so because that even cements the idea that like when he's fit, he's a starter for Derby. Yeah. Which is what I think I, I mean, would he want. he is for sure. I mean, I want that cemented. Yeah. And then maybe I feel a little coach, bit better. So we have to, we have to find that yeah, out. Yeah, and then okay. there's going to be Wayne Rooney. So who knows what's going to happen. That's true. Okay, so to give you my, my midfield one more time, it's Bradley, Pumacow, McKenney, Pulisic, Holmes, Nagby. That's my six for three midfield spots. Um, and then I would like turn it over to you to let let me know who are yours. And I'm perfectly willing to like let go of Dwayne Holmes because you've semi-convinced me that it's maybe a, a reckless idea. So I have right now, uh, as like my central midfield options, I've got Pulisic, I've got Pomacall, I've got McKinney, I've got Bradley. I have Nagby in there. Okay. I, I and then Dwayne Holmes and we agree. Sh- we I, shake hands and we, we just walk off into the sunset. I think there's an argument for Dwayne Holmes only because if we have like Weston McKinney playing potentially as the backup number six, I don't know if I like – then we have like Nagby as the number eight, but then we don't necessarily have a backup number eight. But I think – I still think Dwayne Holmes with the injury coming back, I maybe look at somebody like a Sebastian Legette who we know can play central, can play wide, uh, has been playing for the Galaxy, has returned from injury. So maybe you put I... him in there and that gives you more depth in the midfield and wide. Just like Dr. Dre thought people had. <laughs> I forgot about Sebastian Legette. <laughs> Did Dr. Dre also rap about that? No, it was people forgetting about Dre. I mean, I know that. I'm just wondering if the like maybe the remix remix was <laughs> forgot forgot about Sebastian Legette or something. I mean, it's California. You don't I, know. But I did forget about Sebastian Legette. Yeah. He's always like he's also a Bellhelter favorite. It mm-hmm. seems he was a Bruce Arena favorite when was. Arena was the national team coach. We don't need to talk about that. And just keeps getting hit by injuries, yep. mm-hmm. right? So, and he's someone who can play either of those midfield roles and contribute on the wings if needed. And I'm always impressed when I see Sebastian Legette play for Galaxy, and especially mm-hmm. for the men's national team. I don't need much convincing that a fit Sebastian Legette is superior right. to a just-back-from-injury Dwayne Holmes. So Daryl hates Dwayne Holmes now <laughs> and supports Sebastian Legette. No, I, I'm with you that if uh, everybody's healthy, I have Dwayne Holmes in there. He is not, so Sebastian Legette comes in for me. We haven't mentioned Mihailovic or Roldan. Mm-hmm. I guess our feelings about both are well documented through the Gold Cup. I think so. Mihailovic gets knocked around too easily. Yep. Roldan, we think, is maybe just not uh, quick enough with the ball and yep. his passing is sometimes a little loose because, and we, we heard this from Seattle fans, I think we already talked about this on the show, but it's worth mentioning again. When he's asked to play in one of those like number 10, more number 10-ish roles, mm-hmm. he's receiving the ball higher up the field than usual with his back to goal. He normally starts a lot deeper for Seattle like okay. as, as part of a defensive midfield too. All right. right. So it's just maybe the system is not a good fit for Christian Roldan. I feel like, I feel like he, we think of him as being very likable and we like Seattle fans. Yeah. So we're trying well, to be no, very delicate with this Well, I see him one. play for Seattle yeah. and I see him like, oh, this guy looks great. But yeah. maybe it's just not a good fit for the Bear Hulter system. All right. Um, not a great fit. We didn't talk much about Pomacal. I, mm. I quickly made the case for him in terms of he can play anywhere. I but just have him in there. That's kind of where I am with it. I've, I've, I've enjoyed literally everything I've seen from yeah, him. Yeah, right? Wins the ball back, yep. moves the ball quickly. It's hard to shake off the ball. Creative passing, dribbling at people. He looks like an international soccer player. He does. And even these minor moments that like probably shouldn't matter but do stick out to me is like seeing him at All-Star when he comes in, makes his, his cameo in the All-Star game against uh, Atletico Madrid. He was just the off-the-ball movement and trying to find pockets of space and trying to make runs. Trying that, and succeeding. And to find trying and succeeding. Of that's, I'm, I don't know why I'm making it sound like it didn't work, but more so like that he was really looking for it and, and looking for opportunities to exploit space, to exploit vulnerabilities in a game in which some players were trying to do that, some players were trying to shoot, some players were just there to have fun. 
so maybe that's a grain of salt there. But like just Paul McCall's work ethic and his like desire to find opportunities, yeah. I feel like is is a thing that I want to see from U.S. players and that kind of scrap that he brings in. Because I want to emphasize, not a big dude by any mm. stretch of the imagination. So that he then big. battles the way he does exactly makes it's him. It's like he's uh, a big guy with a small avatar. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the idea that like the U23 team will be Pamaka will be central to it so maybe he needs to be with the U23 camp to make sure we qualify for the Olympics in March I just I just don't care <laughs> <laughs> I really don't it's it's just you that, do like, care whether or not we qualify for the Olympics I, I, I do but I think again it's all with an eye towards building the strongest national team we can yeah. and if Paxton Pamacol is potentially going to be in that squad if we're looking at a 2022 World Cup and Pamacol is in there then I want him to be in there yeah. and like yes he can still then go play for the U23s but I also think he is good enough that he can miss this camp and still come in do the camp before qualification and be just fine yeah, kind yeah. Of, uh, you just walk in and be in. like Paxton's here everybody yeah, yes please Please don't refer to yourself in the third person, pa- <laughs> per- person Paxton. Whew, right, so it tough. sounds like we agree on Bradley, mm-hmm. Pomacal, McKenney, Pulisic, Nagby, Leggett. Yes. That's our midfield six. Who's missed out here? The, got to mention Twitter, for example, Joe Senora. Mm-hmm. Joel Senora. Yep. Um, who is playing for Arsenal, on uh, the Argentinian yeah. Arsenal in the Premier yeah. Division, on loan from Tierras, mm-hmm. and has scored two goals in two games. Good pronunciation. I mean that sincerely. I'm not, I know it was good. It sounded confident, right? Like I feel like a couple of months ago it would have been hilarious, and then the yeah, Koreans yeah, yeah. would have messaged you. <laughs> um, he is one I definitely would say U23s is the way to go, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not enough of a body of work to be like, oh, straight to the senior national team yeah. with you, sir. No, yeah. probably not. And yeah. then we have the kind of usual suspects who miss out, uh, <laughs> like R- R- Russell Knaus as an example. That's a player that people want to mm. see. Probably doesn't fit with what is Berhalter he wants. I think uh, is maybe also has... injured, but so I think. But those I, types I of I might be wrong. I think he has a punctured lung. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I st- get him in there just in case. Knaus. If Dwayne Holmes gets in there, then maybe yeah. Russell Canals deserves to be. All I mean to say is <laughs> Don't that. Don't say that's like, gospel. I may be wrong about that. Uh, then, in, like, instead of using him as the template, I should have said, like, Kellen Acosta as another mm. one who, like, just doesn't seem like he's going to fit with what Burhalter wants. January camp obviously did not go well, so probably not going to be in there either. Final guy I want to talk about before we move on. I don't want to linger on midfield too long. Emerson Heinemann. Yeah, I had him on the list. Has apparently played really well with Atlanta United. Um, so Emerson Heinemann? Yeah. At whose expense, though? Others are ahead of him. That's, right? that, that, that does feel like where things are now. Yeah. But maybe give it a couple months. We see how well he does with the, the latter stretch of the season and then into the playoffs maybe. And maybe, maybe we start seeing some more Emerson Heinemann with the national team. Okay. That sounds good to me. All, All right. right. So we've got our goalkeepers. We've got our fullbacks, our centerbacks. We've got our central midfielders. Mm-hmm. Slash maybe occasionally wide players. And we have another advertiser. Today's show is sponsored by our mm-hmm. friends at Postmates. Postmates, when you need red wine at 4 p.m. If the which... United States men's national team kicked off at 1 p.m., maybe you need that. <laughs> Sushi at 9 p.m. or a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m. If you got an early kickoff for a Premier League game, maybe you want a breakfast burrito delivered. Yes, Postmate it. Postmate delivers. Postmates also delivered Soccer 101. I, I want to think about it this way. Okay, we can think about that, and then I want to think about something else. Okay, but yeah, so if people mm-hmm. don't know, our spin-off show, Soccer 101, the way we were able to do that is that Postmates agreed to sponsor it before it had even launched. So Postmates took a gamble on us. They supported us. They did. So we would like our listeners to support Postmates. We really would. And and we think you should because they've taken the gamble on us, but also because they've given us interesting copy. And that's what I want to talk about <laughs> for a moment, Daryl. 
Which thing do you think is more likely, if we're going with what they've written here? Is it that you woke up and needed the ibuprofen, or you needed a breakfast burrito, you went back to sleep, and then you woke up and had the ibuprofen at oh, 10 a.m.? I didn't mention it, but what on that list also was a possibility of ibuprofen at 10 a.m., yeah. because they will go to a pharmacy for you, yeah. pick something up, and deliver it to you. But I want to know, is it breakfast at 8 a.m., went to sleep, woke back up, had the ibuprofen, then you woke up and you're like, I need a little bit of a hair of the dog that bit you, and then you were felt okay to have sushi at oh, 9? this is like all the story of one day. Oh, um, or is it, or is <laughs> it the like story? Hemingway story. Is it like, woke up, had the breakfast? burrito then like you know like work's getting done have a little glass of wine at 4 p.m have yeah, sushi yeah. at night but then maybe you had a little bit too much red wine so you have the ibuprofen the following morning i think you just rinse and repeat okay you just- <laughs> <laughs> these four things these four things that so you've got postmates four deliveries a day and you've got you've got your schedule here yeah. yes but if you're craving other things aside from the four things that we uh, we've mentioned so far postmates can deliver they're the largest on-demand network in the united states and they offer delivery from all restaurants grocery and as daryl said pharmacies if mm-hmm. you need them to pick up some ibuprofen for a headache or or for me, anti-nausea medication. I would go with acetaminophen anyway. But, uh, <laughs> 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring mm-hmm. you what you need within the hour. You can download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and then track your delivery in real time. I've done My it. My favorite type of video game. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, I've seen um, Thai food coming from Mom Siam. Okay. And you see, you see the driver pick it up on the screen and you see the car coming towards you and you just rub your hands because you're getting that ginger stir fry. <laughs> Does your level of hunger dictate your frustration with the route they're taking? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward route. Okay, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It should be. Place, it should yeah. be. I mean, if they took some wrong turns, okay. yes, but <laughs> all right. my Postmates driver took all the right turns. Never He would. made all the right moves. Postmates would never leave you like that. <laughs> and for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Soccer. And it's worth stating it is mm. absolutely free to download the app and yep. to hit the promo code button and enter the word soccer. Yep. So you can support us, support Postmates by doing just that. So yeah, it's $100 with the code soccer. $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you don't download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download the Postmates app and save with the code soccer. And I would add final thing here is that even if you're not necessarily going to use Postmates or you're like haven't used that service before, but you may end up using it, I would say download it, put in the code, then you have the $100 just sitting there Get for it. when you decide to explore further yeah. the Postmates opportunities. Within seven days. Within yeah. seven days. You've got a week. You've got a week yeah. to get yourself some food. I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, yeah, and one more time, Postmates did sponsor mm-hmm. Soccer 101. They sure did. If you haven't heard Soccer 101 yet, everybody who has listened to it um, has given it really good reviews, including Taylor's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so please go and listen to Soccer 101. Just search for it in whatever app you're using to listen right now. Mm-hmm. Search Soccer 101. It will pop up. All right. So thank you, to, thank you very much to Postmates for sponsoring for so- Soccer 101 and for sponsoring today's episode. Yep. I have an update before we move on to the attackers, Daryl. This is from David Gass. David Gass. Uh, I would take Cannon because I think he is younger, has a higher ceiling, and better on the ball as Greg Berhalter develops his style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Lima, if he finishes the year playing well at left back, could be a legit option there. That's interesting, but I thought you asked about goalkeepers and distribution. I think Sean Johnson right now ah. in Major League Soccer uh, is the one that's a legitimate possibility for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, but Stevan, not just for feet, uh, but overall head and shoulders, the best goalkeeper. Also, if anyone says Guzan, I will slap them. So I guess <laughs> I'm glad that maybe I uh, I pulled back on Guzan a little bit so I don't end up getting slapped by David Gus. No, I think if you really, if you listen back, you're getting slapped next time. You no, I think, I think we ended it with... Uh, any option that of Ethan Horvath, uh, uh, Brad Guzan, and Bill Hamid. I was okay with any of those okay. three. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think that's what we agreed on, at least. I'm genuinely not trying to uh, waffle here, though I don't 
really want to get slapped by David either. <laughs> Let's move on okay. to our wingers. Okay. I've got four wingers and two strikers with my six spots left. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm check out? somewhere in there. All right. Do you, so I, keep, I feel like I keep going first and giving you mine. Would you like to go first just to uh, rebalance this? Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I've got uh, Tyler Boyd. I would like to yes. see Cole Playing for Bashi Tess, right? Mm-hmm. He's been playing start of the season. Yes. We loved what we saw during the Gold Cup. We think there was some sort of injury that they wouldn't tell us we about. We hoped because there they, was an injury. Because they were trying to make sure his move to Besiktas went through. That could be. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Yeah. But yes, we've heard that potentially there was, there was an injury. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to hope that that was the case and that's why we saw less of him. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed everything I did see of him and I felt like his... Even even the times that he was clearly not quite executing Berhalter's game plan, I still think... It was think still exciting. It was still exciting, but it was also <laughs> the type of thing that you can easily tweak in my yeah. perspective. Not a like, oh, he is doing nothing that's been asked of him. There's so much pace. Yeah. And like attacking intent mm-hmm. and a willingness to shoot on target there. Yeah. That I think Tyler Boyd is absolutely someone I want to see starting for the US national team. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's why I have him there. I think uh, I'm very confident Paul Areola will be included. I don't necessarily have him as my starter because I have Timothy Weir as my starter on okay. that left side. So that's three wingers. That's three. Mm-hmm. You have a fourth? Uh, I have question mark as my as my fourth winger. <laughs> Who's he play for? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> it could be a number of different people who okay. question mark plays for. It could be Jordan Morris who plays for Seattle. Yeah. yeah. It could be Julian Green, maybe trying him in a wider position than we've seen him play for the U.S. before. Yeah, um, or not. Or, or not, which leads me to, we mentioned him previously, Fabian Johnson. Yes. I would not mind seeing Fabian Johnson uh, brought back in uh, because we haven't seen him for Berhalter and because he is still getting minutes for Gladbach, who mm-hmm. are going to be one of the best teams in the Bundesliga and still seems to be an important figure for that team from everything I've seen on the field remains so even if it's only like 30 minutes for the first game of the Bundesliga season I'm kind of okay with it uh, to me Fabian Johnson is key to my roster mm-hmm. because he offers at least a little bit of depth at right back and left back yep. and even if we do the thing where like say Dest has to play left back and suddenly we're short of one right back yeah. because Dest is already being used um, at left back Kelly O'Hara style maybe yeah. <laughs> and the way she let us set it up um, Johnson can go back and fill in but I, I still much prefer him as an attacking winger I, I do yeah. too I think he probably does as well yeah. All right, so those are my four then. You've helped me fill, fill that final one in. Where were you? Ariola, mm-hmm. Boyd, Weyer, Johnson. Yeah. So uh, let's then, if we agree on all those, let's talk a little bit more about may, maybe Timothy Weyer. Because we okay. had that question about, like, is it bad that he starts the first game, doesn't start the second for Ren? For Lille? Or, I always want to say Ren. Yeah. I don't know why I want to th- say that. But yes, for Lille. Is it because Ren beat PSG and I and then Lille played PSG? It's because you're it's excited about Star Wars The Last Skywalker. That makes more sense. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. Is that what it is? Yeah. Have, hasn't Skywalker already risen? It Isn't the entire galaxy again. at this point about the Skywalkers? I so I Just, despite the extended universe's best efforts. I think it's possible that Kylo Ren becomes a Skywalker. Okay. Well, isn't he technically? Because isn't Leia Luke's That's what I'm saying, yeah. And then... So he, he reclaims his heritage. Oh, okay. I, yeah, see, yeah. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Okay. He All goes right. back to his maiden name. I, mean, I just don't know how many spoilers <laughs> we're, giving, we're doing right now, but I'm also I mean, okay with it. These aren't spoilers because we haven't seen the movie. <laughs> that's, well, I mean, <laughs> more so cool. maybe, maybe other people haven't even seen the, the new two. All right, well, that's their problem. Of this trilogy. It's yeah. all very confusing. Yeah. I Whatever. Okay, Star Wars is around. <laughs> send, please send your complaint emails to you should have seen it already at totalsoccershow.com. Yeah, so Tim Weyer, yeah, yeah, he didn't start the last game for mm-hmm. Lil. He came off the bench. Yep. He started the first game, and he's playing regular first-team mm-hmm. football, and we've seen him before, and he... This is why I think he has a really good chance of being involved. Mm-hmm. He was given the choice, right, this past summer of, do you want to play the U20 World Cup or do you want to play at the Gold Cup? Yep. That means he chose the U20 World Cup, right? Which is a choice. Because he wanted to play in a World Cup, which I, I very fine, much enjoy. Right? Yeah. Fine, no, no complaints about it. Uh, it means Greg Bellhalter thinks he's ready for tournament, yep. senior tournament football anyway. So let's do it. 
is what mm. I say. And honestly, the possibility of a wing with Tim Weyer on it and then Christian Pulisic as like the left of centre attacking mid. Mm-hmm. I love Tim Weyer's, um pass and move connecting stuff. Like my favourite stuff with Tim Weyer is when mm-hmm. he sort of uh, plays a quick one-two with someone. That combo of Pulisic and Weyer, even if only for 30 minutes, I think could be absolutely glorious. No arguments here, my yeah. friend. All right, so we've got more or less the same. We do have the exact same four uh, wide attackers. Yeah. And then up top, I'm going Josie Altador because that's the answer. It's yep. going to be Josie Altador. That's who Greg Berhalter will call in. Uh, Ten goals. Let's hope so, right? Josie Altador is a magnificent center forward. Yeah, Josie Altador is getting called in. Then again, I have the blank with a number of names underneath of it. Oh, and I just that's wrote Josh what I want to talk about. Okay, so you have Josh Sargent in there, and that is probably who I think it ends up being uh, for me at least. And like they start a game each. I have him scheme. first on my list of alternates. Okay, uh, and then there's the like now somewhat familiar names like Andrea Novakovic, who is playing for Reading's reserve. D23. Yeah, so. Yeah. Eh, grain of salt there. We saw him get mentioned, though. Uh, you've got Giassi Zardes, who's been in the mix before. Uh, I did enjoy... I mean, it's fewer games played uh, for G- Josie Altador, but there was a whole think piece written about how like, Giassi Zardes isn't performing to like designated player potential and needs to score more goals. He has nine goals. Josie Altador has ten. <laughs> Admittedly, uh, Giassi Zardes has played, I think, six more games or been involved in six more games. Um, and also, Josie Altador is just the better striker. So I think it's Josie Altador, number one for me. And then I think when you look at... Those are just two of the options that I mentioned, but they're really not as impressive and I think representative of the kind of lack of depth up top. I think it probably does end up being Josh Sargent, even if he's not yet getting the f- consistent first team minutes for Werder Bremen and scoring the consistent yep. goals we want to see. But I still think the he's bench. the best option. Ten minutes off the bench yep. this past weekend. Um, one of their strikers, oh, I've forgotten the name, one of their strikers just got injured. Uh-huh. So he's going to be more involved. Yep. So I, I think Josh Sargent's season is going to be fine in terms of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Is he 20 yet? But a young guy playing for a Bundesliga team. Also, we've seen him in a men's national team jersey. He almost made the Gold Cup roster, right? He just missed out on the Gold Cup roster. Yep. He, like, and I understand, I do, and I know people were really mad about it, but I do understand the idea of, okay, tournament football, um, Altidore hasn't played for me before and isn't fully fit. I want at least one striker that understands my system already. Mm-hmm. I get why Zardes was that choice. Yep. This is not a tournament, right? This is the beginnings of uh, building for the future. That's why Sergeant Oversiders is an obvious choice this time around to me. Right? I, yeah, no arguments here, my friend. Okay. No arguments here. There, there has been an argument I've seen from someone I respect on Twitter suggesting that the best thing we could do is leave Sergeant and Des with their teams over the international break, yeah. let them work with the, the left-behind players, the mm-hmm. leftovers, and establish themselves further. I'm not sure I'm convinced by that because I think if you're already part of the first-team squad, it's – You've already done it, right? Yeah. It makes sense if you're a reserve player and you get to play with the first team squad mm-hmm. while everyone's on international duty. But if you're already there, it's kind of okay, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's also like Dest is the one that I am even less okay with with that argument just because like he plays for Ajax, a club who will have lots of players go back to their national teams for the break. Like, yeah, yeah. So it almost then raises the status to be like, yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that went and played international duty, right? Yes, that. But then the second part of that is also like, if you're Ajax, like, yeah, great. He performed really well in training while all of our senior players were away. Yeah, yeah. It maybe helps a little bit, but it's also sort of like, well, we'll see what happens when the good guys come back. And then does he keep going? <laughs> and I think the same for Josh Sargent. I do think it helps his confidence. It brings him in. And at a time when I think I talked about this with you, I think on the Weekend Review show, that like it does feel like he's – Sort of with the way Werder Bremen played this past weekend, some of the injuries you already mentioned, it does feel like he is in line to get a start soon. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if he only gets 30 minutes, but still I think I expect him to be involved. And I think 
if that's the case and then he gets that call up from the national team, I, I think it only strengthens his reputation of the club. All right. So we have it then, right? Our, our forwards are Sergeant and Altidore. Yep. And anyone else who had uh, a shout for you? I mean, just the ones I mentioned, players like Jesse Zardes and uh, Novakovic, but I think those are the ones that you sort of look at and you could see why there's an argument for them, but yeah. I don't think that argument is stronger than Althador or Sargent being involved. So looking ahead, this is Mexico, mm-hmm. September 6th. Mm-hmm. It's a big game, right? Yeah. It's, it's a really I big mean, it's game Mexico. because yeah. it's Mexico. Yeah, and because it's our chance to get revenge for the Gold Cup. It also... Like the roster we've picked, I think it, it has enough of guys that have played Berhalter's system. Mm-hmm. There's enough institutional knowledge there. Yeah. And there's just enough, ex- I don't even call it experimentation, but promotion of the young players, Dest, Pomacal, Sargent, that it freshens it up a little bit, but without it being a sort of youth team roster that we should be scared is facing Mexico's senior team. So I think we've gone with a nice balance here. I agree. I want to ask you, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, let's. Go away from Twitter. Let's go away from, like, the reaction of Twitter. Is there anybody that would really bum you out? Like, if you saw them in there, like, would it require it being, like, five or six players called in and five of the six players we've discussed not being called in for you to be actually disappointed by a roster? I think Zardes over Sargent this time mm-hmm. would be really tough to okay. take unless there's some injury or other, mm-hmm. or other possibility. Um, and I think the absence of Sergino Dest would be tough to take because okay. he's just he looks ready. He looks ready for international football. Yeah, I think because everybody else is so likely to be called in yeah. that I think those are the two. Maybe like Pomacall not getting a look would bum me out a little bit. It wouldn't then make me like slam a pen with anger. Yeah, I think Sergino Dest would be the number one thing that would make me do that. Tyler Boyd. I say that because I have a pen in my hand. Tyler Boyd, I would be confused. Mm-hmm. Like, I would then be thinking, oh, did something happen at the Gold Cup? Was there some disagreement with Behalter and, like, Boyd is frozen out? Yeah. If Boyd's not involved and there's no injury-related reason, I know he had that collision with the Sivaspore goalkeeper, right? Mm-hmm. I think the goalkeeper came off worse. I hope the goalkeeper's okay, but I think Tyler Boyd's okay. So I mean, he, he alone has made you learn how to pronounce Sivaspore. So yeah. I think <laughs> that, my best that, that, should, that should right there give him the credit he needs. How about he plays for Besiktas? That's also good. It's not bad, right? Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't do the, the way most of your countrymen pronounce it, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Just take our best guess. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, if Tyler Boyd's not I think, I think it's usually with an English accent, it's uh, Besiktash. <laughs> Did you hear, do you know Talk Sport? Um, Besiktas, I think. I can't remember who it was. Hmm. There was a Talk Sport um, host yeah. who was saying he's sick of everyone over-pronouncing foreign names correctly. <laughs> Why not just say them the way we say them in this country? That was his actual argument. Oh. I don't remember who it was, and I'm kind of glad I'm not even going to give him the credit. What are the chances he voted for Brexit? 100% oh. or 1,000%? I mean, a million percent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. Great <laughs> stuff. Well, uh, in addition to the names he's already annoyed about people uh, mispronouncing, there's a whole generation to come <laughs> of names that he'll be annoyed when people try to pronounce. Uh, and those names are often involved in the Total Soccer Show Scouting Network. All right. I got us there. You sure did. I started us on a journey. I think I brought it home. You did. <laughs> uh, we've got several scouting but reports then you to get to. you pointed at the, the, thing, the path you've made. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to be obvious, Daryl. <laughs> uh, I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Uh, <laughs> a few scouting reports to get to. Uh, many more to get to for the rest of the week. Ooh, look at the first one. But let's go with Brian Hoysa scouting Sergino Dest, 18-year-old American right back for Ajax. Dest came on at halftime in the second leg of Ajax's Champions League qualifier against Greek champions Pauk. Uh, he picked up a yellow card while holding his own and not committing any major errors in what was a tense half. Yeah, because no, no is... Uh, oh, no, this is they've since played another team. I right, believe they have, the, yeah. Uh, Champions League. They're good to go. Um, so we might get a later update. Yeah. Masrawi, the other right back, was sent off after Dest came on. Yeah. So 
So more Champions League for Sergio. Ryan Marzak is scouting Pione Sisto. Mm-hmm. Pione Sisto? The 24-year-old Danish striker for Celta Vigo. Ryan says Sisto had an offer to move to England prior to the close of the window, but opted to stay in Spain. He explained on Instagram that he values the relevance and depth of football over money. Mm-hmm. I assume it was a football job he was offered in England. Yeah, I would assume so. Let's hope so. As a chef, he was offered a chef position. Real estate. Turned it down. <laughs> uh, Kaz Tidrick scouting Robbie Mertz, 22-year-old American midfielder for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Robbie continued his run of fantastic form in the USL by snagging two assists in the Riverhounds 3-2 win over Swope Park Rangers. The first assist came when he took a corner kick just seven minutes into the game. The second in the 51st minute after sidestepping uh, several Swope Park players and switching the play over to the right side for fellow youngster Anthony Velarde to slot at home. I've got a visual image. Jim sidestepping several players with just one move. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Like yeah. a sidestep with a packing stat of four. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Markman is scouting Reese Nelson, the 19-year-old English attacker for Arsenal. Jeff says Reese Nelson earned his second career Premier League start um, at left wing in Arsenal's 1-0 win away to Newcastle and acquitted himself way excuse me, acquitted himself well <laughs> in rainy St. James's Park, looking every bit the part of a reliable option for the Gunners in attack. His direct running, Reese Nelson's direct running at pace and ability to keep the ball moving forward when the game slows down are assets that should keep him finding game time, even if Arsenal do settle on Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe as the first choice front three. For the record, Jeff says, this casual observer is sceptical that it is the best move to play both of the team's first-choice strikers at the same time, given virtually no backup. But I digress. You sure did, Jeff. You sure did. Uh, Jeff Martin is also scouting uh, Jeff Ryan Adelaide, the 21-year-old French midfielder for Angers. Did I get that one? How would you do it? How would you do it? Uh, if I was that TalkSport host, I'd say Angers. <laughs> All right. For Angers, uh, Ryan Adelaide... Is that yeah? That's that's about as English as I can get. That one, uh-huh. I think. Uh, got his season off to a strong start by scoring the equalizing goal in Angers three uh, one. <laughs> come from behind, Victor of Bordex, <laughs> Bordeaux, Bordeaux, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Before we get letters, uh, Ryan Adelaide arrived unmarked in the box after a run from midfield on the break and calmly volleyed a nice cross into the net. Ryan Adelaide started on the right side of a midfield two in Angers four one four one formation and also got the assist for Angers' third goal. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for ending on a high note. Mm-hmm. Ryan Downey. I always want to call him uh, Ryan Downey Jr. That's fair. Um, scouting Zion Jones. Zion mm. Jones. Zion, I think. Zion Jones, the 18-year-old American winger for the Charlotte Independents. Ryan says Jones was subbed on in the 71st minute in Charlotte's 3-3 draw with Loudoun United. Um, though he was brought on mostly for defensive work, his attacking play was positive. He started several attacks from midfield and was inches, mere inches away from getting his head on a cross that really should have been out of reach. Guy can jump. <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems like Jones has been out of contention for a starting spot since late spring. Man, a, Zion Jones came out from Schalke for this. That's a big unfortunately to end on, I have it to is, say. It is, right? It's like he just snuck that in right at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anurag Anjaria scouting Andrea Novakovic. The, the aforementioned. 22-year-old American striker for Reading. You beat me to saying aforementioned. <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, we spent too much time together. Novakovic, we do, has started the season strongly, but also not enough at the same time. Scoring in three <laughs> preseason games and recently bagging a hat trick uh, and assist for the Reading U23s against the Newcastle U23s. Rough life for Newcastle right now. Mm-hmm. He only saw the field in garbage time in Reading's championship opener against Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, he did see the field, though. Mm-hmm. 
And he actually stepped on it. In garbage time. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, that's, that's better than better than I thought. Yeah. Um, Elijah Chapel is scouting Joe Willock, 18-year-old English midfielder for the Arsenal. Um, Elijah <laughs> says, Joe started as the central attacking midfielder in Arsenal's opening match against Newcastle, which Arsenal won 1-0. Willock stayed high up the pitch and made two good runs with the ball that put the defence under pressure. He would have made a third but was horse-collar tackled mm-hmm. by Newcastle defender Lascelles in the middle of the park. It means like grabbing the back of the jersey, pulling backwards. Oh, yeah, see, The see, neck see. of the jersey, I yeah. should add. Yeah. Uh, final report comes from Dylan Tilbury, scouting Cole Bassett. 18- Bobby Warshaw's favorite. Yeah, the 18-year-old American midfielder for the Colorado Rapids. Also Travis Clark, I think. So ah. he's got some admirers, does Cole Bassett. Bassett has been an unused sub in the last three Rapids games, which includes the dramatic 6-3 win against Montreal and a 2-1 upset win uh, over the surging San Jose. With Colorado effectively out of the MLS playoff race and under an interim coach, the situation for Bassett could change quickly. All right. Thank you to everybody for today's scouting reports um, there are several people who have joined the scouting network and I haven't yet assigned them a player and they've emailed me I promise I will be getting to that mm-hmm. things have just been real busy lately but have I it? promise I will get you to that you got stuff going on? I do have some stuff going on All right. but I can make time cool I can make time I believe in you um, so if you want to join the scouting network it's totalsoccershow.com slash join all right, Taylor, we've got we've to gotta edit the show, publish it, and get out of here in 10 minutes before we go to the DC United game. One of us is going to do that, and the other, me, is going to stare at you while you do it. All right, so that, that'll definitely speed it up. That'd be really helpful. So I will say, Taylor Rockwell, thank you for helping me pick a U.S. men's national team uh, 23-man roster today. You're welcome. Thanks. And right back at you. Should we read out the roster so people can uh, hear it one more time just before we... Uh, I feel like you're stalling because you know you have to edit. Yeah, uh, Zach Steffen and goal, Sean Johnson, not Brad Guzan so I don't get punched in the face. <laughs> we'll go Ethan Horvath, why not? Or Bill Hamid. I'll say yeah, Bill Hamid, you say right. Horvath. Um, and then I had Reem, Demarcus Beasley as my left backs. Uh, Brooks oh, Robinson. Oh, we argued over, over Demarcus. I mean, right? no, you, you just kind of let that one slide, but right. uh, that's more hopeful than realistic. Uh, can Brooks, we call it a 24-man roster and we'll just add Demarcus Beasley? Yes, yes, let's everything. do that. Let's do that instead, yeah. All right, so then, and then we had Brooks. Brooks Robinson, Miazga Long. You had Zimmerman in there as well, right? Yep. So that fills that one out. And then Dest, and I think we landed on Cannon. Cannon. Sashlima. Yeah, in that order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Bradley. Weston McKinney, uh, and then we had Darlington Nagby filling in for maybe Weston McKinney if need be. We had Pulisic, Pomacall, Sebastian Legette. Legette, and over, then, over Dwayne Holmes. And right? the rest of our attackers rounding it out, Mr. Grove. Yep, Ariola, mm-hmm. Boyd, Weyer, Johnson are our wingers, and Sergeant and Altador are our strikers. I had Fabi Joe written down, but I'll accept Johnson. <laughs> Fabi Joe is even mm-hmm. better. Fab Joe. Yep. <laughs> so that is our 24, the Demarcus Beasley 24. There we go. <laughs> so once again, thank you, Taylor, and listeners, Thank you for listening. It wouldn't be worth us doing it if no one was listening. (laughs) Accurate. We will talk to you again soon. We will.